morning. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, but I couldn't resist. Like, we take this whole, like, stage decoration thing. Like, we take it super serious here at the Calling Community Church. This is just for one Sunday. Like, it's going to be completely different next Sunday. We're hoping it's going to be completely different next Sunday. <laughs> so this was for the school play, but it didn't happen last week because the uh, weather was bad, so they rescheduled it. So it's actually going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so if you are around, you should come and support them. They, are, uh, they work well with us. And so, but this, this stage speaks of fellowship, of like, welcome. Come in, come into our home, and let's sit down. And let's just do life together. And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about the spiritual discipline, the holy habit of just being together. And I just want to tell you this morning, I am like a kid at Christmas time. Like worse than a kid at Christmas time because I'm an adult with ADHD. You know, like I am, I, I am excited about what's going to happen. We're going to do something this morning we've never done before. Uh, don't expect it next week come back for a real a regular service next week, but we're going to do something different, and the surprise is coming, so I want you to hold on. So what I want you to do now is I want to make sure you get out your bulletin. If you got one of those, make sure you fill out the attendance sheet. If you have a prayer request, put that on the back, and we'll, we'll take, make sure we'll pray for those during the week. And then if you came prepared today to give an offering to the church, uh, use that envelope to put that in there, put your name on it. And then as you walk out of this, the auditorium this morning, there'll be baskets so you can drop those in. We do this every week, but I just want to remind you, if you're new to us today, you know uh, how we do that. And so you'll drop that in. But I can't give it away, but there's something, there's a surprise coming. And it's going to be good. And so I want you to be ready. I don't want you to wait till the last minute to fill that out. Like, oh, I got I to gotta get this done. Like, go ahead and do it now. Got a little extra time. Go ahead and do it now. Be ready to go. Been proud of you. You've been filling those out on a more regular basis. It's good because then we get a chance to go through. I, I look at your names. I think about you. I think about your family. I look at the prayer requests and we pray for those things. And so that's, that's good stuff. Well, so we, just to give you a recap. So if you're a guest or a visitor with us, just to kind of catch you up a little bit. I won't re-preach all of the sermons from the last few weeks, but just to let you know, we've been talking about having holy habits. Habits for our holiness. And we've been practicing these spiritual disciplines. We've, we uh, worship together. And then we got together and we studied the Bible together. And then we met and we prayed together. And then yesterday, after fasting for a week, a lot of people got together at the Bee Creek Cafe here in town. By the way, if you've never been to the Bee Creek Cafe downtown, great Christian people, great family, uh, family uh, business, and really good coffee. And, so, and the pastries are pretty yummy too. So just go check that out. It's down by the pool hall. Main Street, Platte City. And so we got together and we listened to each other talk about what, what happened when we fasted. What happened? What did you fast from? And how did it affect you? And it's kind of cool how it all kind of fell into the, the Lent season. And for those who uh, might have a Catholic background or might have a, a background where you've participated in that over the years, that was a, a meaningful thing for them. And, and then we, as Protestants or just as believers in Jesus Christ, we can give away something so we can receive something, receive something better. And it was really it's an awesome morning yesterday. It was so good just to listen to everybody share. And today, like I talked about before, we're going to talk about what does it look like 
to fellowship with one another. To, and this is something I think we're, we're probably, well, I guess we don't need those anymore. I think we're probably better at this uh, spiritual discipline than any of the rest of them. <laughs> My Bibles, I got a big Bible. Why, what, is that funny? I gotta, does some of you think of a song from the 80s? I got a big Bible and I cannot lie. Some of you get that, some of you don't. <laughs> All right, so I told you I'm excited. I can't, can't wait to be excited. But let's do, we're going to do something serious, though. We're going we're we're to pray right now because there is a family in our community, and they've already been through this once, and now they have to go through it again. There's a family in our community. Their last name is Connor, and they have two sons that have a kidney disease. And one son, Brendan, has already had a kidney transplant. And now the younger son, Blake, has to have the same thing. So he is in need of a kidney to continue to live. And so let's just pray right now that, that God will provide someone to be able to, that will be a perfect match and the timing will be perfect and uh, Blake's life will be extended and he'll be able to, to live and experience all that God has for him. So let's pray right now as a church. We come to you right now, Lord Jesus. And we lift up uh, our young friend, Blake. It's a young man that I've loved for a really long time. And I love his family. And God, you know, you know what it is that he needs. And so we just come to petition on his behalf that you would supply that need according to your riches and your glory, Lord. Would you give him what it is that he needs? And he needs a kidney. So would you provide the right person with the right blood type and the right, all the things that have to go on to make that happen? Provide someone who's courageous, who is willing to give up a part of themselves, like make, taking a real, just an ultimate sacrifice, Lord, to, to give to Blake. And would you extend Blake's life? And would Blake uh, live a healthy life to go on to, to serve you and to honor you with the gift that you've given him? And so as the church of Platte City, as a church, this body of Christ, this fellowship, as we gather today, we pray for that right now. Um, in the name of Jesus, amen. So if you have a Bible, turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2 and Romans chapter 12. That's it, um, because we're on a timeline here. I actually have more time than I thought I was going to have, so this is good. Acts chapter 2. So last week we fasted. Today we party. Because... We are a partying people. As the body of Christ, we are a people who love to have a good time in the name of Jesus. It's, we're a people who love to be together. We love to eat together, right? We fasted, now we're feasting. We love to be together and share a meal together. And it's awesome because fellowship is foundational to the body of Christ. Fellowship is foundational. And actually... When we read this passage in Acts, you'll see that the church was born as a result of it. It was born as a result of people coming together and having things in common and just loving being together. That's the, that's the sign of a healthy church. People coming and loving being with one another. L let me just be honest. If you don't love being with each other, then, then this is probably not the place for you. Then you should probably go find someone else that you love being with. 
But you have to at least consider that we, we owe it to one another to love one another and be together and just enjoy each other's um, company, each other's fellowship. And so look at Acts chapter 2, the birth of the church, starting at verse 42. Let me find it here. All right, this comes right after an incredible message is preached by Peter and thousands of people come to put their faith. 3,000 people, it says, were added to the church that day. Listen, there's not enough seats in Platte City for that to happen in the churches. If that many people came to Christ today, the church would not be able to hold it. I mean, we have a few more seats. We could fit a few more in here, but there's not enough chairs in Platte City to hold that many people if they were come to faith in Jesus. It says 3,000 people were added to them, and they, those them, those people that came, that they started putting their faith in Jesus, it said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay? They devoted themselves to the, the public proclamation to the teaching of the gospel, to the fellowship, like to the gathering, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Those were the things they devoted themselves to. Teaching, fellowship, um, eating together, doing, taking the, maybe communion together like we did yesterday at Bee Creek, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed, distributed the proceeds to all as any had a need. So if there was anybody in the fellowship that had a need, people took care of that need. It was the first and best form of welfare. There was no such thing back then. It was the church taking care of each other. It was a beautiful picture. Every day that says they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. This is the church. And this, this idea of the church captured my heart a few years ago before we even started this church. I was like, this, this is the church. This is what we want to be. This is who we want to be. We want to take care of one another. We want to love on each other. We want to devote ourselves to the Lord and to each other. You hear me talk about it all the time. And if you're new, I'll talk about it again today. It's the vertical love of the Father, the horizontal love for each other. That's the two greatest commandments in the Bible. Love God, love each other. He doesn't make it that complicated. It's that simple. And so that's a, that's a foundational picture. The DNA of the early church is the fellowship, is coming together. And that gave us a model to emulate. This is the model for us to emulate. That's what we're supposed to be about. Now fellowship, back then and just like it is today, usually involves food. It's feasting, like I said, not fasting. But it's much deeper than just a deep dish pizza. <laughs> it's much deeper than that. This fellowship actually comes with a word, a Greek word called koinonia. And maybe you've heard it before. You've heard the word koinonia. It's this, uh, this picture of um, a partnership. Okay? It's, it's a partnership with each other. Like we're in this together. We are co uh, co-partners, co-owners of the fellowship. And we're participating. That's what it is. It's joint participation. So it's not, it's not some people participating and other people watching. 
I mean, that's what we're doing right now. Like, I'm, I'm doing this and you're participating by watching, but it's deeper than that. It's, it's us coming together. Like, you realize how, we, how much we can accomplish together than we could do on our own? Like, I just see it all the time. Uh, coming up in a few weeks, we're going to talk about the discipline of servanthood, and we're going to encourage people to gather together and go do projects and help people that can't help themselves. Widows, people who can't take care of their yard, and we're going to go clean up their yard, and we're going to do it together. And it's just so powerful when we, when we join and do life. It is actually the essence of doing life together. And that's a phrase that I think it's, it was made popular several years ago. When we think about church, hey, we're doing life together. And that's hard to do in the culture we live in. Even though there were the most connected people that ever have been connected, we're the most disconnected in a lot of ways. And we'll get to that in just a minute. The author of the book says, The journey of faith is best taken with friends both old and new. When I talk about the book, I talk about the habits for holiness, for our holiness. Philip Nation is the guy who wrote this book. He said, the journey of faith is best taken with friends both old and new. And as a church, we continually experience that. There's old friends, there's people that we know that are in the body, that we see them every week, and there's new friends each week. There's new faces and exciting. I met a lady as she walked in this morning. New face, new friend. And as the fellowship, our job is to, is to hold on to the new, but be open, or old, hold on to the old, but be open to the new. It's got to be that way. Blessing the people that we know, reaching out to the people that we're just learning who they are. And that's how a church grows. So that, this is it's obvious. We can't do this alone, right? We need each other. We need each other. Just this week, I called a member of our church. Now, by the way, by the way, to be a member of this church is this simple. You attend on a regular basis. You support the work of the ministry by giving of tithes and offerings and by serving, by putting your feet to the plow, your hands to the plow. All right? And you do that on a consistent basis. And that's how you know this is your church. I come, and, I, and it's a joint participation. I give and I serve. That's how you know. So if you want to know how to be a member of this church, do those two things, and that's it. Now, when it comes to start serving and, and leading ministries, it gets a little deeper than that because there are some certain things we've got to make sure we're all on the same page. We don't just hand the keys to anybody. Okay, that's not being a good steward. But you say, hey, this is my church because I go there. That's where I go. Brady's my pastor, and I, I support the work of the ministry. I help make it happen. It's joint participation. Side note. So, you can't do this alone, nor should we. We need each other. So this week, I called on this, fa- this member of our church, and I said, hey, could you go check on this other member of our church who's been sick? Would you be willing to go check on them? Immediately, this person jumped into action, went to their home, took them some soup, took them some Gatorade, all right? So you got to be hydrated, all right? You got to have that, that holy H2O. You got to have some, some, some uh, hydration going on. Deliver it to this person. And that's a great picture of doing life together in biblical fellowship. So here's some examples of this fellowship, this koinonia in Scripture. And they're often wrapped around the one another statements in the Bible. And there's hundreds of them, right? One another statements in the Bible. Matter of fact, one another is two words in the English, but in the 
in the Greek, it's actually one word. It's alelon, which is used a hundred times in 94 different verses. And 47 of those verses give us instruction to the church. And most of those were used by Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. And these one, one another statements are focused around three themes. Unity, love, and humility. Unity, love, and humility. Those are the things. Think about it. If we walk in unity with one another, we love one another, and we're humble with one another, those three things bring about this biblical picture of koinonia. So for the sake of time, I'm just going to um, read a passage that comes out of Romans chapter 12, which we kind of dug into this at our prayer time the other night. So Romans chapter 12. So go from Acts 2, go on over to Romans Romans chapter 12, one of my favorite places to go in the Bible. And this includes some of those one another statements. It's not all of them, obviously, but it just has a few. And so Romans chapter 12, start at verse 9. The subtitle in my Bible says Christian Ethics. Christian ethics. So Paul's writing this letter to believers, to the fellowship, to the church, and he's saying, this is how we are to live. Starting at verse 9, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Let your love be genuine. Let it be real. Let us really love one another. Just don't tell me. Just don't tell me you love me. Show me. Be real. Prove it to me. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Here it is. Love one another. Deeply, it says, as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. (laughs) No, you first. You first. No, 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 you first. No. No, no, you got to go first because I love you and I'm just showing you honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Does that sound familiar? Didn't we just read about it in Acts chapter 2? Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. I know that's not easy can even happen in the church. People just, people are people, and they just mean sometimes. Bless them. Don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, it says, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. And it goes on and on and on. Here are a few obstacles that get in the way of authentic koinonia, authentic fellowship in the church. Here are the things that get in the way of this. Pride, busyness, we're too busy sometimes. So busy that it takes us away from the fellowship. 
We're disconnected. We're not here. We don't know what's going on because we haven't been around because we're too busy. We've got too many things going on. Selfishness, because then we make it all about us. And then fear. I think fear is a big one. Fear is a liar. Have you, ever, have you guys heard this song recently called Fear is a Liar? What's the guy's name? Uh, Zach Williams. Look that up on uh, YouTube. Fear is a Liar by Zach Williams. Powerful, powerful song. But fear gets in the way of us having koinonia with one another and fellowship with one another because we're afraid of putting ourselves out there and getting hurt. We're afraid of being vulnerable. We're afraid of what other people will think about us if they really knew. That is the biggest lie from the enemy. Don't go. Don't go to church, man, because they're going to want to know your story, man. As soon as you tell them, they're going to be out. They're not going to love you anymore. And here's the deal. As Christians, if we treat each other people that way, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong for us to treat each other that way. But fear keeps us from sharing. Fear keeps us from loving. Because maybe we have loved once before and we got hurt. And love scorn is the most powerful, pain, painful experience on earth. Man, isn't it good that Jesus didn't follow that rationale? Man, he extended himself fully to us and demonstrated how we are to love one another. In the book, this is interesting. In the book, he says we live in a living, this is another obstacle. We live in a living or a looking down society. The other day I was at the grocery store and a dear friend of mine, I caught him. He was probably getting the list from his wife and I snuck up on him and scared him. (laughs) Boo! (laughs) I got him, man. Because he was looking down. He wasn't paying attention. What was going on? It's a good thing he didn't have a heart attack. He's older than me. But I was just scared him. But we live in this looking down society. And here's the problem. When we're looking down, obviously we aren't looking around. We're not looking around us. We're not looking. We don't, our radar is not up. Like, who, who, is, who is in my life right now? Who can I bless? Who can I help? Who can I demonstrate biblical koinonia to today? How can I love them the right way? And it doesn't mean that that this is necessarily the evil thing. Because there are, there's definitely ways this could be a great tool to connect with other people and, and even create, even putting out, hey, we're, jo- we're having a fellowship today, come. You know, and it's a great way to get that word out. But when I read this quote, listen, when I read this quote to a young friend of mine, she looked at it completely different. When I said we live in a looking down society, the first thing she thought is that we're looking down on others. We're judging one another. We're looking down on people who aren't quite like us. And we snub our nose at people. And that can definitely kill some really good biblical fellowship. If we start treating each other differently because you're not like one of us. And in the Bible, it talks about... uh, it talks about um, showing favoritism and how wrong that is. And I'll get to that in just a second. But James chapter 4, verse 11 says, Don't criticize one another, brothers and sisters. There's one of those one another's. Don't criticize each other. Don't treat each other harshly. It doesn't mean that once I have a deep, uh, like I, Brian and I have a good relationship where as a brother in Christ, if he's, if he's doing something that I know he shouldn't be doing, then I owe it to him to pull him aside and say, Hey, man, 
I, I, this is what I see, and I'm challenging you. Iron sharpens iron, man. I'm just challenging you. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not criticizing him. That's different. That's, help, that's helping bring some correction or admonishing him in love. So there's, there's, this, there's maybe this um, temptation to look down on others that are not like us, but then there's also this temptation to look up to others that are not like us and show them or extend to them this, this fellowship, this, uh, this grace or mercy that we're not given to others because those people can do something for us. Do you not know that's a huge temptation as a pastor? And there are people who will come into the body with deep pockets and they'll want to exercise their, their influence and it'll be one of these all or nothing. Well, you know, you could, I'll give if. That's not how we give. We give because we have already received everything that we possibly need from him. That's how we give. We don't give wanting something in return. Well, if you put my name on the wing, I'll donate the money. Then you, we don't need your money. So you pray for me as a pastor that I don't get caught up in that. Because it could happen. Listen, there's going to be a day when we're not going to meet here anymore and it's going to be time to move on. And when that happens, we're going to need some people who have deeper pockets than your pastor to step up and say, let's make it happen. All right? But they have to give just because I'm giving to the Lord. I'm not giving to the church or to, the, to Brady. And so if we look up to, and so listen to this. I love this. It says, um, Trying to remember now. I didn't, write, I didn't put the, the address on here. I think it's in James too, but said, or James also. Indeed, it says, if you fulfill the royal law prescribed in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing well. So if you love your neighbor like you're supposed to, then you're doing well. If, however, you show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as a transgressor. He's serious about this. That we don't just love others a little bit differently because of what they can give to us. We love, other, we love each other equally, no matter what it is you bring to the table. No matter what it is you bring to the table. And I believe, overwhelmingly, the largest number of one another statements begin with this theme. This is the theme of God's song all throughout the Bible, and that is obviously love. Multiple scriptures go with love one another, right? And it makes sense because God is love. That's his nature. That's his character. And that's what he causes us or calls us to do. And when we love each other, people will be drawn to this fellowship. They'll be drawn to the body of Christ because the Bible says that they will know that they belong to me because of the way we love each other, the way we love one another. It's the best form of advertisement that we have is the way we treat one another. In the church. And I promise you as a pastor, and, and I owe this to you and you owe this to me, if you see that not happening here in this body, you need to let me know about it. If I see it not happening, then I will come to you and I'll say, you know what, that is not loving each other. And if you can't love one another, if you can't forgive one another, then this is not the place. Because that causes a, a cancer in, in the body. And it's very destructive. So guess what? 
I'm done talking about it. I'm done talking about it because we're getting ready to go do it. So many times you come into church and you listen, and then you leave. But today, instead of talking about biblical fellowship and doing life together and just enjoying each other and partying together, I got a surprise for you. And we're going to go do something together that we've never done before. All right, so here's what we're going to do. First of all, make sure that you, if you have your offering ready and your, your sheets, drop them as you're leaving. But when we get to, when we get to where we're going, when we get to where we're going, um, we'll have a few more announcements. But here's what I want you to do. Families. If you're a family and you have little ones in the child care area, I want you guys to get up right now and go first and go get them. Then you're going to get them and you're going to go down to the end of the hallway. Pastor Brady, where's the other Pastor Brady? Is he out there? Uh, he just walked. Pastor Brady's going to be down there to greet you. And we're going to all gather together. So families first. Let them go now. Okay? Hopefully the suspense is killing you. But I'm so excited. <laughs> Obviously we're letting the families go first so they can gather up their little ones. We'll give them a few minutes. And you're thinking, what kind of church is this, man? It's crazy. Like at Christmas time, I have this expectation, right? You're like, how things are going to go. <laughs> Please don't disappoint me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. This is being real. So just roll with it, all right? Like my wife, just roll your eyes, but just roll with it. All right, so we're going to give them an opportunity. And then when it's time, what we're going to do, if you, you can go out this door or go back to the back door there, drop your offering in, and then we're going to gather in this hallway, and we're all going over to the north cafeteria where I have this surprise for you, and we're just going to celebrate we're going to fellowship. Don't sit in your groups of people that you're always familiar with. Spread out. Love one another. Practical way of, this, of, of, of actually demonstrating what it looks like. So if you are a member and a regular person in this church, look for some people that you don't recognize and get to know them. Okay? There's plenty of seats. This is a... Alright, so I think... We're, now, here's the, here, here's the... Leave your stuff right where it's at because you can come back and get it, okay? Don't drag it all down there with you. Now, if you're like, you know, I wasn't really planning on this today. I'm not really into this. Hey, you know what? Sneak out <laughs> when no one's looking, all right? In the crowd, you can just like go off the side. But I, am, I encourage you, don't let fear stop you from jumping in, all right? And really just participating in this. Okay, so the rest of you, um, let's do this. I'm going to take off my microphone, and I'm going to, I got to get in there first, because I got something prepared. So, um, all right, let's go.